Book Five, Part Two of the Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward, Earl of Derby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Michael Armenta. Meanwhile, Apollo of the Silver Bow, a phantom form prepared the counterpart of great Aeneas, and alike in arms. Around the form of Trojans and of Greeks loud was the din of battle, fierce the strokes that fell on rounded shield of tough bull's hide, and lighter targ before each warrior's breast. Then thus Apollo to the god of war, Mars, Mars, thou bane of mortals, blood-stained lord, razor of cities, wert not well thyself to interpose, and from the battlefield withdraw this chief to Dides? Such his pride he now would dare with Jove himself to fight. Venus of late, he wounded in the wrist, and, like a god, but now confronted me. He said, and sat on Ilum's topmost height, while Mars, in likeness of the Thracian chief, swift Acamas, amid the Trojan ranks, moved to and fro, and urged them to the fight. To Priam's heaven-descended sons he called, Ye sons of Priam, heaven-descended king, How long will ye behold your people slain, Till to your very doors the war be brought? Aeneas, noble-souled Anchises' son, In like esteem with Hector held, is down, on to his aid, our gallant comrade, save. He said. His words fresh courage gave to all. Then thus Sarpedon in reproachful tone addressed the godlike Hector. Where is now Hector? The spirit that heretofore was thine. Twas once thy boast that even without allies, thyself, thy brethren, and thy house alone the city could defend. For all of these I look in vain, and see not one. They all, as curs around a lion, cower and crouch. We strangers and allies maintain the fight i to your aid from lands afar remote from lycia came by xanthus eddying stream there left a cherished wife and infant son and rich possessions which might envy move yet i my troops encourage and myself have played my part, though not have I to lose. 
not that the Greeks could drive or bear away. But thou stand'st idly by, nor bidst the rest maintain their ground, and guard their wives and homes. Beware, lest ye, as in the meshes caught of some wide-sweeping net, become the prey and booty of your foes, who soon shall lay your prosperous city level with the dust. By day and night should this thy thoughts engage, with constant prayer to all thy brave allies, firmly to stand and wipe this shame away. He said, and Hector felt the biting speech. Down from his car he leaped, and through the ranks, two javelins brandishing, he passed, to arms exciting all, and raised his battle-cry. The tide was turned. Again they faced the Greeks. In serried ranks the Greeks undaunted stood as when the wind from off a threshing floor where men are winnowing blows the chaff away when yellow ceres with the breeze divides the corn and chaff which lies in whitening heaps so thick the greeks were whitened o'er with dust which to the brazen vault of heaven arose beneath the horses feet that with the crowd were mingled by their drivers turned to flight unwearied still they bore the brunt but mars the trojans succouring the battlefields veiled in thick clouds from every quarter brought thus he of phoebus of the golden sword obeyed the injunction bidding him arouse the courage of the trojans when he saw pallas approaching to support the greeks then from the wealthy shrine apollo's self aeneas brought and vigour fresh infused amid his comrades once again he stood they joyed to see him yet alive and sound and full of vigour yet no question asked no time for question then amidst the toils imposed by phoebus of the silver bow and blood-stained mars and discord unappeased meanwhile ulysses and the ajaces both and diomed with courage for the fight the grecian force inspired they undismayed shrank not before the trojans rush and charge in masses firm they stood as when the clouds are gathered round the misty mountain top by saturn's sun in breathless calm while sleep the force of boreas and the stormy winds that with their breath the shadowy clouds disperse so stood the greeks nor shunned the trojans charge 
through all the army agamemnon passed and cried brave comrades quit ye now like men bear a stout heart and in the stubborn fight let each to other mutual succour give by mutual succour more are saved than fall in timid flight nor fame nor safety lies thus he and straight his javelin threw and struck a man of mark aeneas's faithful friend deicoon the son of pergasus by troy as ever foremost in the field in equal honour held with priam's sons his shield the monarch agamemnon struck the shield's defence was vain the spear passed through beneath the belt and in his groin was lodged thundering he fell and loud his armour rang on the other side aeneas slew two chiefs the bravest of the greeks orsilochus and crethon sons of diocles who dwelt in thriving phera rich in substance he and from the mighty river alpheus traced his high descent who through the pylian land his copious water pours to him was born orsilochus of numerous tribes the chief to him succeeded valiant diocles to whom were born twin sons orsilochus and crethon skilled in every point of war they in the vigour of their youth to troy had sailed amid the dark-ribbed ships of greece of atreus's sons the quarrel to uphold but o'er them both the shades of death were spread as two young lions by their tawny dame nursed in the mountain's forest's deep recess on flocks and herds their youthful fury pour with havoc to the sheepfolds till themselves succumb or mastered by the hand of man so fell these two beneath aeneas's hand and like two lofty pines in death they lay the warlike menelaus saw their fall with pitying eye and through the foremost ranks with brandished spear advanced by mars impelled who hoped his death by great aeneas's hand him nestor's son antilochus beheld and hastened to his aid for much he feared lest ill befall the monarch and his death deprive them of their warlike labour's fruit they too with force combined of hand and spear pressed onward to the fight antilochus his station keeping close beside the king before the two combined aeneas feared bold warrior as he was to hold his ground the slain they drew within the grecian lines 
placed in their comrades' hands, and, turning back amid the foremost, mingled in the fray. Then, brave as Mars, Pylaemenes they slew, the bucklered Paphlagonian's warlike chief. Him Menelaus hand to hand engaged, pierced with a spear thrust through the collarbone, while with the ponderous stone Antilochus full on the elbow smote Atimnius' son, Mydon, his charioteer, in act to turn his fiery steeds to flight. Down from his hands fell to the ground the ivory-mounted reins. On rushed Antilochus, and with his sword across the temples smote him. Gasping, he upon his neck and shoulders from the car pitched headlong, and, for there the sand was deep, a while stood balanced, till the horse's feet dashed him upon the ground. Antilochus, the horses seizing, drove them to the ships. Hector beheld athwart the ranks, and rushed, loud shouting, to the encounter. At his back followed the thronging bands of Troy, by Mars and fierce Bellana led. She by the hand wild uproar held, while Mars a giant spear brandished aloft, and stalking now before, now following after Hector, urged them on. Quailed at the sight the valiant Diomed, as when a man long journeying o'er the plain all unprepared, stands sudden on the brink of a swift stream, down rushing to the sea, boiling with foam, and back recoils, so then recoiled Tydides, and addressed the crowd. O friends, we marvel at the might displayed by Hector, spearmen skilled and warrior bold, but still, some guardian god his steps attends and shields from danger now beside him stands in likeness of a mortal mars himself then turning still your faces to your foes retire nor venture with the gods to fight he said the trojans now were close at hand and mounted both upon a single car two chiefs menesthes and Anchilius, well skilled in war by hector's hand were slain with pitying eyes great ajax telamon beheld their fall advancing close he threw his glittering spear the son of selagus it struck amphius who in pieces dwelt in land and substance rich by evil fate impelled to priam's house he brought his aid below the belt the spear of ajax struck and in his groin the point was buried deep 
thundering he fell then forward ajax sprang to seize the spoils of war but fast and fierce the trojans showered their weapons bright and keen and many a lance the mighty shield received ajax his foot firm planted on the slain withdrew the brazen spear yet could not strip his armour off so galling flew the shafts and much he feared his foes might hem him in who closely pressed upon him many and brave and valiant as he was and tall and strong still drove him backward he perforce retired thus labored they amid the stubborn fight then evil fate induced Tlepolemus, valiant and strong the son of hercules heaven-born sarpedon to confront in fight when near they came of cloud-compelling jove grandson and son Tlepolemus began sarpedon lycian chief what brings thee here trembling and crouching all unskilled in war falsely they speak who fable thee the son of aegis-bearing jove so far out thou beneath their mark who claimed in elder days that royal lineage such my father was of courage resolute of lion heart with but six ships and with a scanty band the horses by laomedon withheld avenging he overthrew this city troy and made her streets a desert but thy soul is poor thy troops are wasting fast away nor deem i that the trojans will in thee even were thy valour more and lycia's aid their safeguard find but vanquished by my hand this day the gates of hades thou shalt pass to whom the lycian chief sarpedon thus tlepolemus the sacred walls of troy thy sire o'erthrew by folly of one man laomedon who with injurious words his noble service recompensed nor gave the promised steeds for which he came from far for thee i deem thou now shalt meet thy doom here at my hand on thee my spear shall win renown for me thy soul to hades send thus as sarpedon spoke tlepolemus upraised his ashen spear from both their hands the ponderous weapons simultaneous flew full in the throat tlepolemus received sarpedon's spear right through the neck it passed and o'er his eyes the shades of death were spread 
on the other side his spear sarpedon struck on the left thigh the eager weapon passed right through the flesh and in the bone was fixed the stroke of death his father turned aside sarpedon from the field his comrades bore weighed down and tortured by the trailing spear for in their haste to bear him to his car no one bethought him from his thigh to draw the weapon forth so sorely were they pressed the greeks too from the battlefield conveyed the slain tlepolemus ulysses saw patient of spirit but deeply moved at heart and with conflicting thoughts his breast was torn if first he should pursue the thunderer's son or deal destruction on the lycian host but fate had not decreed the valiant son of jove to fall beneath ulysses hand so on the lycian's palace turned his wrath alastor then and Cyrenus he slew, Chromius, Haleus, Pritinus, Noemon. Nor had ended then the list of Lycian warriors by Ulysses slain. But Hector of the glancing helm beheld. Through the front ranks he rushed with burnished crest, resplendent, flashing terror on the Greeks with joy sarpedon saw his near approach and with imploring tones addressed him thus hector thou son of priam leave me not a victim to the greeks but lend thine aid then in your city let me end my days for not to me is given again to see my native land or safe returning home to glad my sorrowing wife and infant child thus he but hector answering not a word passed on in silence hasting to pursue the greeks and pour destruction on their host beneath the oak of aegis-bearing jove his faithful comrades laid sarpedon down and from his thigh the valiant Pelagon, his loved companion, drew the ashen spear. He swooned, and giddy mists o'erspread his eyes, but soon revived as on his forehead blew, while yet he gasped for breath, the cooling breeze. By Mars and Hector of the brazen helm the Greeks hard-pressed, yet fled not to their ships nor yet sustained the fight but back retired soon as they learned the presence of the god say then who first who last the prowess felt of hector priam's son and mail-clad mars the godlike teuthras first Orestes next, bold charioteer, the Aetolian spearmen skilled, Trichus, 
Enomaeus and Helenus, the son of Enops and Oresbius, girt with sparkling girdle. He in Hyla dwelt, the careful lord of boundless wealth, beside Cephisus' marshy banks. Boeotia's chiefs around him dwelt on fat and fertile soil. Juno, the white-armed queen, who saw these two, the Greeks, destroying in the stubborn fight, to Pallas thus her winged words addressed. O heaven, brave child of Aegis-bearing Jove! Vain was our word to Menelaus given, that he the well-built walls of Troy should raise and safe return, if unrestrained we leave ferocious Mars to urge his mad career. Come then, let us too mingle in the fray. She said, and Pallas' blue-eyed maid complied. Offspring of Saturn, Juno, heavenly queen, herself the immortal steeds caparisoned adorned with golden frontlets. To the car he be the circling wheels of brass attached, eight spoked that on an iron axle turned. The fellows were of gold, and fitted round with brazen tires, a marvel to behold. The knaves were silver, rounded every way. The chariot board on gold and silver bands was hung, and round it ran a double rail. The pole was all of silver, at the end a golden yoke, with golden yoke bands fair. And Juno, all on fire to join the fray, beneath the yoke the flying coursers led. Pallas, the child of Aegis-bearing Jove, within her father's threshold dropped her veil a very texture work of her own hands the curious donned of cloud compelling jove and stood accoutred for the bloody fray her tasselled aegis round her shoulders next she threw with terror circled all around and on its face were figured deeds of arms and strife and courage high and panic rout there too a gorgon's head of monstrous size frowned terrible portent of angry jove and on her head a golden helm she placed four-crested double-peaked whose ample verge a hundred cities champion might suffice her fiery car she mounted in her hand a spear she bore, long, weighty, tough, wherewith the mighty daughter of a mighty sire sweeps down the ranks of those her hate pursues. Then Juno sharply touched the flying steeds, forthwith spontaneous opening grated harsh the heavenly portals guarded by the hours, who heaven and high Olympus have in charge to roll aside or draw the veil of cloud. Through these the excited horses held their way. 
they found the son of saturn from the gods sitting apart upon the highest crest of many-ridged olympus there arrived the white-armed goddess juno stayed her steeds and thus addressed the sovereign lord of heaven o father jove canst thou behold unmoved the violence of mars how many greeks reckless and uncontrolled he hath destroyed to me a source of bitter grief meanwhile venus and phoebus of the silver bow look on well pleased who sent this madman forth to whom both law and justice are unknown say father jove shall i thine anger move if with disgrace i drive him from the field to whom the cloud compeller thus replied go send against him pallas she i know hath oft inflicted on him grievous pain he said the white-armed queen with joy obeyed she urged her horses nothing loth they flew midway between the earth and starry heaven far as his sight extends who from on high looks from his watch-tower o'er the dark blue sea so far at once the neighing horses bound but when to troy they came beside the streams where simois and scamander's waters meet the white-armed goddess stayed her flying steeds loose from the car and veiled in densest cloud for them at bidding of the river-god ambrosial forage grew the goddesses swift as the wild wood pigeon's rapid flight sped to the battlefield to aid the greeks but when they reached the thickest of the fray where thronged around the might of diomed the bravest and the best as lions fierce or forest boars the mightiest of their kind there stood the white-armed queen and called aloud in form of stentor of the brazen voice whose shout was as the shout of fifty men shame on ye greeks base cowards brave alone in outward semblance while achilles yet went forth to battle from the dardan gates the trojans never venture to advance so dreaded they his ponderous spear but now far from the walls beside your ships they fight she said her words their drooping courage roused meanwhile the blue-eyed pallas went in haste in search of tydeus son beside his car she found the king in act to cool the wound inflicted by the shaft of pandarus beneath his shield's broad belt the clogging sweat oppressed him and his arm was faint with toil the belt was lifted up and from the wound he wiped the clotted blood 
Beside the car the goddess stood, and touched the yoke, and said, Little like Tydeus' self is Tydeus' son. Low was his stature, but his spirit was high, and even when I from combat rashly waged would fain have kept him back, what time in Thebes he found himself an envoy, and alone, without support among the Thebans all, I counselled him in peace to share the feast. But by his own impetuous courage led, he challenged all the Thebans to contend with him in wrestling, and o'erthrew them all with ease, so mighty was the aid I gave. Thee now I stand beside, and guard from harm, and bid thee boldly with the Trojans fight. But if the labours of the battlefield o'ertask thy limbs, or heartless fear restrain, no issue thou of valiant Tydeus' loins. Whom answered thus the valiant Diomed? I know thee, goddess, who thou art, the child of Aegis-bearing Jove. To thee my mind I freely speak, nor aught will I conceal, nor heartless fear, nor hesitating doubt restrain me. But I bear thy words in mind, with other of the immortals not to fight, but should Jove's daughter Venus dare the fray. At her I need not shun to throw my spear. Therefore I thus withdrew, and others too, exhorted to retire, since Mars himself I saw careering o'er the battlefield. To whom the blue-eyed goddess Pallas thus. Thou son of Tydeus, dearest to my soul, Fear now no more with Mars himself to fight, nor other god. Such aid will I bestow. Come then, at him the first, direct thy car, encounter with him hand to hand, nor fear to strike this madman, this incarnate curse, this shameless renegade who late agreed with Juno, and with me to combat Troy, and aid the Grecian cause, who now appears, the Greeks deserting, in the Trojan ranks. Thus Pallas spoke, and stretching forth her hand, backward his comrades Thenelus she drew from off the chariot. Down in haste he sprang. His place beside the valiant Diomed, the eager goddess took. Beneath the weight loud groaned the oaken axle. For the car a mighty goddess and a hero bore. Then Pallas took the whip and reins, and urged direct at Mars the fiery courser's speed. The bravest of the Aetolians, Periphus, Ochesius' stalwart son, he had just slain, and stood in act to strip him of his arms. 
the helmet then of darkness Pallas donned to hide her presence from the sight of Mars. But when the blood-stained god of war beheld, advancing toward him, godlike Diomed, the corpse of stalwart Periphus, he left there where he fell to lie, while he himself of valiant Diomed the encounter met. When near they came, first Mars his ponderous spear advanced beyond the yoke and horses' reins with murderous aim. But Pallas from the car turned it aside and foiled the vain attempt. Then Diomed thrust forward in his turn his ponderous spear. Lo, on the flank of Mars, guided by Pallas, with successful aim, just where the belt was girt, the weapon struck. It pierced the flesh, and straight was back withdrawn. Then Mars cried out aloud with such a shout, as if nine thousand or ten thousand men should simultaneous raise their battle-cry. Trojans and Greeks alike in terror heard, trembling, so fearful was the cry of Mars. As black with clouds appears the darkened air, when after heat the blustering winds arise, so Mars to valiant Diomed appeared, as in thick clouds he took his heavenward flight. With speed he came to great Olympus' heights, the abode of gods, and sitting by the throne of Saturn's son, with anguish torn, he showed the immortal stream that trickled from the wound, and thus to Jove his piteous words addressed. O oh, father Jove, canst thou behold, unmoved these acts of violence? The greatest ills we gods endure, we each to other owe, who still in human quarrels interpose. Of thee we all complain, thy senseless child is ever on some evil deed intent. The other gods, who on Olympus dwell, are all to thee obedient and submiss, but thy pernicious daughter, nor by word nor deed dost thou restrain, who now excites the o'erbearing son of Tydeus, Diomed, upon the immortal gods to vent his rage. Venus, of late, he wounded in the wrist, and as a god, but now encountered me. Barely I scaped by swiftness of my feet, else mid a ghastly heap of corpses slain, in anguish had I lain, and, if alive, yet lived disabled by his weapon's stroke. Whom answered thus the cloud-compeller Jove, with look indignant, Come no more to me, thou wavering turncoat, with thy whining prayers. Of all the gods who on Olympus dwell, I hate thee most, 
for thou delight'st in naught but strife and war. Thou hast inherited thy mother Juno's proud, unbending mood, whom I can scarce control, and thou, methinks, to her suggestions owest thy present plight. Yet, since thou art my offspring, and to me thy mother bore thee, I must not permit that thou shouldst long be doomed to suffer pain. But had thy birth been other than it is, for thy misdoings thou hadst long ere now been banished from the gods' companionship. He said, and straight to Paean gave command to heal the wound. With soothing anodynes he healed it quickly. Soon, as liquid milk is curdled by the fig-tree's juice, and turns in whirling flakes, so soon was healed the wound. By Hebe bathed and robed afresh, he sat in health and strength restored by Saturn's son. Mars, thus arrested in his murderous course, Together to the abode of Jove returned the queen of Argos and the blue-eyed maid. End of Book 5, Part 2